Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Praise the Lord, everybody. That's a little bit better. Praise the Lord, living hope. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand and clap our hands to the Lord and give him some praise? Hallelujah. Looking around this morning, I see so many new faces. I see a couple of faces that are familiar. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? Amen. 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 Why don't we lift a hand and go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. God, we lift you up today. You are great, and according to your word and to our own, our own hearts, you are greatly to be praised. We bless you today. We honor you this morning. We magnify you. We lift you up. You are exalted above everything that is we're dealing with today. We bind every spirit of distraction. We release the power and the authority and the anointing of the word of God in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of 1 John, chapter 2. I do want to say how honored I am to be here. It does feel so very surreal and uh, honestly quite weird to be a, a guest here. Um, it, but it is so good to be home and to see all of the faces here, the familiar faces. I want to give a great high honor to my pastor, my bishop, and my first lady, Pastor and Sister Staten, on this very special weekend, I want them to know how much I appreciate and love them. They are tremendous and great people, and uh, they have always been a blessing in my life, as I'm sure they are in yours. I haven't seen her walk in yet. Where's Sister Goncalves? She's out in the foyer. I want to say, I know everyone, huh? I called her out. Well, I'm so glad to see Sister, I almost called her Sister Monk, that's not true, Sister Jessica. She has always been such a great and tremendous help to me, and uh, she, you know, I, I get a lot of accolades and praise, but I told her husband last night, I said, that's not entirely true. She is responsible for much of the good things that happen here. She's a tremendous woman of God, a great teacher, and I appreciate her so very much. Amen. Yeah. Amen. First John chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. I'm reading from the NIV version. Got it up on the screen there for you. John says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Slip down to verse 18 with me, continuing to read from the NIV version. Dear children, this is the last hour. Anybody feel like that? As you've heard 
that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. John says this of the church, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing. The King James says you have an unction of the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Verse 21, he says, I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you give your neighbor a high five? Tell somebody you're glad to be here. You could be seated this morning. What a great crowd for Sunday school. I do want to say I miss Brother Henderson. I wish he was here this morning. I'm, I know he's working over in Japan. And uh, he, I'm sure Brother Henderson's the tallest man in the crowd today, someplace in Japan. Amen. John's assessment of the church in his day is that they were, they were living in the end time. John's telling the people of God that the Antichrist or the spirit of the Antichrist is about to be revealed. And certainly we know that if that was true of John's day, how much more is it true of our day? I remember being a young man. Some of you look at me and say, I don't think you were ever young, but I remember being a young man. And this weekend, there might be a picture or two that show that. Um, but I remember Bishop preaching, the Lord's coming soon. And I thought, wow, man, we better get ready. The Lord's coming soon. And that's been a long time ago. And I, I feel even more so today than I did then that we certainly are, are in a war, Right. We're battling, and we're battling what John describes as the spirit of Antichrist. We know it in the church as this eternal battle of light against dark. And, and while the actual Antichrist may not have been revealed yet, we need to recognize that we're battling against that very spirit today. John said they were battling against many spirits of Antichrist in his day, and certainly in our day, if he was battling against many, we're, we're battling against the multitudes, right? They've got this thing, I can't even, I'm not even sure, in Wisconsin, they had this thing called, uh, is it wor wor Warbies or Warbies? They have that in Maryland? Little children that are identifying as animals. And literally, they've put this out in Wisconsin. They're putting litter boxes in the janitor's closet. Fur Furbies, for whatever, whatever they are. It's terrible. It, it's, it's horrible, isn't it? Uh, this stuff is just crazy. And so we know that we're battling these spirits of Antichrist, and the spirit of Antichrist is not just a spirit, but it's been translated, it's been formed into a world system that goes so deep that it refuses to believe that there is a God. You hear me? It not only refuses to believe that there is a God, but it refuses to believe that God, if there was one, cares about someone or even ultimately has the power to change a life. And so I submit to you that if this is true and we know that it is, then truth is under attack. So, well, Brother Roberts, we, we've heard that a thousand times, right? But it's under attack like no point in history. 
This is not my first day in the church. This is not my first decade in the church. But I will tell you that truth is under severe attack. It's not just being mocked or made fun of. It's literally under attack. And so John said the first century church, many people were anti-Christ or anti-truth. And we can relate to that in our world today. Why? Because there are plenty of people who have their own truth. You believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we'll all... That's not scriptural. That's not biblical. And so we're living in these last days, and Jesus could come at any moment, and that is not a cliche. That's not just something we say. Our world is filled with confusion. Literally, the world that we live in is upside down. We, we just, when we just think it, I, for me personally, when I think it can't possibly get any worse, it does. Evil is called good, right? Good is called evil, and it's just become the norm of our society. And the society that we live in has not only changed, it is changing, but it's doing so at an alarming rate. The world that, that we're living in today is much different than the world that my parents lived in, my grandparents lived in. And, and I, I look at this post, postmodern culture, and it rejects even the most basic concepts of rationality, objectivity, and possibility that there might even be a single truth. And I, I recognize my audience this morning, you believe that there is a truth, right? But we're living in a world that emphasizes the diversity of the human experience, a world that is propagating the multiplicity of perspectives. And so my issue is that as the church, we're supposed to be on fire for the Lord. As the church, we're supposed to be men and women of high moral character. We're supposed to be men and women of great faith. And sometimes we are and sometimes we're not. The reality is we're living in an an anti-Christian world. I didn't grow up in that world, but the world that I'm living in is completely different. And so we are believers, men and women of faith, who are living in a world of unbelievers. John said it this way in 1 John 2, 2 and 20. He says, but you have an unction. You have an anointing of the Holy One and all and all of you know the truth. Other translations say that that truth abides in you or that truth lives in you. I want to I talk this morning about from this idea, right, that we've been anointed to come over. I want you to understand the church has in it an anointing of truth. Now, listen, that's not true for every church. But the church, the real church, listen, when you were born again, God put in you a holy anointing. Uh, Brother Huckabee's message on Friday night was just incredible, and he talked about the anointing and how God, God, God wasn't, just, just, wasn't just breaking the anointing, but destroying the anointing. But our, our I'm sorry, the yoke, God's destroying the anointing. All right, I'm done. I'm sitting down. We'll get somebody else. But our English word for anointing is the Greek word chrisma. And it describes a special endowment or a smearing of the Holy Spirit. 
The, the Jewish New Testament commentary says you've received Messiah's anointing. This is not some bottle of oil, olive oil that we got at Walmart and we poured out on somebody's head or rubbed on the forehead. John's describing a spiritual anointing of truth. That commentary goes on to say that you have an anointing. It's rendered in the context of the Greek language that you've been messiah right? I want you to understand that if, we, if we've over, in order to overcome the evil one, the only way we're going to overcome the evil of our world is through the anointing. We, we've got to grasp that. And so we're, if we're, if we're going to win this great battle, what does that look like? What does that feel like? Why? Because I'm recognizing more so every day that the pressure is not getting less. The pressure is getting greater. It's growing stronger and it's becoming heavier with every day. And so I want to kind of use this to describe what, I, what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost. If you get in the water, you understand, well, I think most people can grasp the understanding that in water, as you, the deeper you go, the greater the pressure, yeah. right? So the deeper you get in the water, the higher the pressure comes. Why? Because pressure is created as a result of the weight of all the water that's pushing down on you, right? So when you're on top of the water, there's no pressure. Why? Because all of that weight is underneath you. And so when you go deeper into a body of water, there's more water above, and therefore there's a greater weight pressing down. And so what's happening is this, as this onslaught of evil in our world is growing, it's surrounding us. We, our, our grandparents grew up in a Christian world. Well, there's always been evil. There's always been darkness. But now what's happened is darkness is, is growing at such an alarming rate that there's more pressure now than there ever has been. When I was a young man, if you went somewhere and said, hey, I'm a Christian, where well, everybody you met was a Christian. Hello? Especially down south. I mean, everybody is or was a Christian. But now, when, when you, you start talking to somebody about the Lord, they, they may have never even heard anything about truth. And so what's happening to all of this antichrist is enveloping around the church and there's more pressure than there's ever been on the church and so with each added weight more pressure is applied and so the darkness is growing around us and that spirit of antichrist is pushing the church deeper and deeper and deeper and so we know that in the natural realm if you wanted to go down really 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 deep like you need to have pressure or a force on the inside to prevent the great pressure from the outside uh, I remember years ago, I watched that documentary where they went down to the Titanic, but they didn't just swim down to the Titanic. They had to get in one of those big diving bells, and it's forced air inside to hold against the pressure because when they get thousands of feet underneath all of the weight and the heaviness of that, of that, of that ocean, that pressure would crush that thing and kill them all. But here's what John would write, and you know this, it's Bishop's favorite scripture. John wrote this in 1 John 4 and 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Listen, listen, he goes on to say, because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. What I'm trying to say is this, is that there's a lot of pressure on the church today. There's a lot of darkness enveloping the church. But when you've got the Holy Ghost... When you've got the Word of God in your life, uh, I don't care how much pressure is coming. I, I, listen, John is saying that the force on the inside is always going to be greater than the pressure from the outside. It doesn't matter how dark this world gets. 
I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not a, you know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm convinced that the agenda of hell is not even close to being done. I think it's going to get worse and worse and worse. I hate every moment of it. I can't stand all of the things that I'm seeing and reading. It's just terrible on every, on every level, but I believe it's going to get much worse. The attack and the assault on our children is unimaginable. I'm just telling you, there's no way that a five-year-old can choose their own. My Lord, when I was a little boy, we let God figure that out. Uh, you just understand, I think it's going to move to a place where bestiality is common in our society. I, I believe it's going to go to a place, I'm not, I'm not a doomsday, but I believe it's going to go to a place that being a pedophile is normal in our society. It's not going to be normal in the church, it'll never be, but I'm just telling you, the, I, I, people are accepting things that I never imagined would be accepted in my lifetime. But I feel that pressure that is pushing in. And I know that you feel that pressure, but I want you to understand the force on the inside because greater is he that is in me than he. Listen, you've got to understand that as the, the forces of darkness envelop the world, it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter how dark it gets if you've got the Spirit of God and the Word of God and you've got a pastor who preaches truth, you're going to... But listen to me, when you don't come to the house of God, when you're not part of what's going on in the body, you're trying to fight all of that pressure on your own. That's why you've got to get together with the people of God and begin to worship and allow the light to get inside of you because that darkness is real and it's more relevant than it's ever been. You must be, listen, don't forsake the assembly. Don't you stay home. You get in the house of God. You get in the word of God. You worship. You submit to them. Why? Because there's a force of darkness. John said, they're going out from us. Why were they going out of the early church? My God, Jesus was in there, was in there. But they were leaving the church. Why? Because that force of the darkness of the spirit of Antichrist was all around them, and they were walking away from truth because of the pressure. But I had to slip back and read the, some of the first words of John. John said it this way in John 1 and 5, and I'm reading again from the NIV. He said, the light shines into darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The New Living Translation says, the light shines into darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Amen. Truth will always, listen to me, truth will always have the ability to speak into the darkness of chaos and create something pow powerful and valuable. No, you didn't hear me. Truth will always be able to speak into the chaos of darkness and create something that glorifies God. It amazes me how many people, when they start going through something, how many of you know everybody goes through something? You're not alone. Everybody goes, when people go start going through something, they start just backing up. That's not, you need to run to the light. You, you don't need to fold into, you need to run into the light. Why? Because that anointing force that is in our spirits is greater and stronger than the outside pressure. Amen. So I feel, 
I feel that, that voice, that antichrist saying that there's, that's why we're struggling so much. Why? Because we've not overcome. But let me just tell you, I'm going to give you a little short definition. Maybe in the Roberts method here, I'm going to maybe oversimplify this. John says that we have overcome the evil one. He's telling us, you know, that we, the, the anointed, those that have an unction of God are, are overcomers. And, and this real pressure, this real struggle, it's tangible, and, and we can't overcome. But, but I, can, I, can I just simplify for you? What does it really mean to overcome? It means to come over. Some of you are like, man, you're just silly, aren't you? I, I, I want you to understand I'm not talking about something. So this, this, this struggle is real. The obstacles are real. The barriers and the problems, but they're going to remain where they are until we come over. Now, I'm not saying mind over matter. I'm not saying that, that ability, right? But you have an anointing of God. And so when we're born again, we're given the anointing of God to become an overcomer. And so from perspective, let me see if I can help you understand it this way. If you're drowning and someone comes and rescues you, you can tell the story of what happened, but the reality is you're no longer drowning. That's right. You've been rescued. That's right. right? And so John says everyone who's born of God is an overcomer. And at that moment, they're saved. They're overcomers. But that simplified definition, over, an overcomer is one who's overcome, right? And so a person, to truly, in order to be an overcomer, you're going to have to come over to God's way of thinking. Can I tell you that the media in our world is overcoming every, every person? You can't just listen to the radio or watch TV or whatever, however you get your news. That, that force of darkness, of Antichrist, is trying to press everybody's mind over to the way that this, this world system thinks. But the only way that you're going to get to come over is to be in the house of God and hear the word of God. Because CNN, CNN is not going to bring you over to truth. CNN is going to bring you to their perspective. I want you to understand, Paul wrote it this way in Philippians 2 and 5. He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. And every time you get in your vehicle or pick up your phone and look at a, uh, something on your phone, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Every newspaper or magazine you pick up, there's a pressure of darkness that's trying to bring you over to that place. But I thought we read in our text, listen, uh, no lie can ever become the truth. Uh, I want someone to know that you have been anointed to come over. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but it always ends in destruction. Give me a chair. Josh, I, no, I can't get you to help me. You always mess things up. Come here, Brother James, come here. Now, now work, work with me. I love you, but work with me, okay? If, if you have a question, ask me before you ruin my illustration, all right? All right. I need you to go over that chair. Now listen, I don't want you to go around it, and you're too big to go under it, but I want you to go over it. Can you do that? No, don't go under it. Go over it. That's, that's one. 
salvation is coming over to the way that God thinks. And it's a process. It takes time. But many times all we can see is the obstacle. And the obstacle might be small or it might be great. It might be higher or bigger than we are. But this process, I've been in this process for almost oh, 38 years now. But listen, it's still a process of coming over to, and listen, you need to know that the pressure of darkness is always trying to force you back away from truth. But there's a blessing of God. There's an anointing. You listen, but you have been given a special Messiah anointing, a messianic, the word of God anointing to come over. So, Brother Roberts, that's too simple. No, it's not too simple. The devil is putting all kinds of pressure on you to be something that God did not call you to be. He called you out of darkness and brought you into light. And the pressure is trying to force you back into darkness. But I wish someday, I wish somehow somebody this morning would take a step of faith and come over. You, you need to understand. You can't overcome in life just by your choices. Let me go a step further. You're not going to be delivered from the sin in your life until you come over to the way God thinks. How many of you found that to be true? When I came into church, my perspective about a lot of things was not the same way that God thought. And I know it's contrary to public opinion, but God has yet in 38 years to bend his will to mine. Not even once, not on one thing, right? And so here, I'm trying to get victory, I'm trying to get over my failure, but I'm still thinking like the world. And we're trying to, like Brother Huckabee said the other night, bring that natural man into making spiritual decisions. And that's where the spirit of Antichrist comes in. Can I tell you, listen, guilt, the world says guilt doesn't matter. Who are you to judge me? Don't you dare judge me. I am, right? And listen, you just got to understand this whole spirit of Antichrist that comes into the church and puts pressure on you. I believe that when I was a young man, either I was really ignorant, which may be the case, or the spirit of Antichrist was more scared of the church than it is today. But I feel like that spirit of Antichrist walks itself right down and seats itself in the house of God on a regular basis and begins to tell us that what we know to be true is not really true. Listen, the spirit of Antichrist is the spirit of God that's speaking into the darkness of sin. Now, Brother Roberts, you come home, you got to be nice. You can't talk about sin. No, 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 no. What? Listen, I, I'm just who I am. That's just the way I am. That's just what, no, no. I, I, I want you to understand, the, the, the spirit of light says it this way in Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be. Why? Because the spirit of God is always a unifier, but the spirit of sin is always a separator. Yeah. And until you can come over, I, uh, a pastor is a, a, the best preacher. I just love when he preaches about being an overcomer, right? 
But I, I'm telling you, the, the, being an overcomer is great, but you're never going to be an overcomer until the, the, the battle of your mind is won and you begin to come over to the way the Word of God tells you how to live. Well, I come to church twice a week. Good, the devil comes three. Well, I made prayer meeting last month. Well, the devil was here too. You're never going to get your sins to move from scarlet to the white of wool until you come over to... Can I help somebody? As long as the spirit of darkness is justifying why you are the way you are, you're... Well, you know how I am. I know how you are. I, I love this one. God understands. Yeah? God understands you want to be reprobate. God understands you don't really want to come to church. God understands you don't really want to worship. God understands you don't really want to give. God understands you don't really want to live the way his work. Am I helping somebody? Listen, it's that simple. You've got to make up in your mind. If it's in the word of God, that's how I'm going to live. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. I'm going to be an overcomer. I've been anointed to come over. I've been anointed to change the way that I think and to learn how. Now, can I challenge you just a moment? You ever look at something on the news and wonder how God feels about that? Well, I'm outraged about that. If I'm outraged about it, I'm sure God is really upset about it. Well, I don't agree with that. And God is saying it's an abomination. But that pressure is saying you have to accept this as a cultural norm. You have to accept this as a new way of living. But that's just, that's just a lie of the devil. And the truth is, as darkness is enveloping the church, we're getting pushed deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And what happens is that anointing, begins to grow weaker and weaker because you haven't been back to the source. Let me help. Caleb was born in Egypt. And Caleb endured great suffering at the hands of Egypt. Caleb and Joshua. Israel had been out of Egypt about two years when they arrived at the entrance the first time to the promised land, to Canaan land. And so instead of believing God's word, and claiming their great inheritance, their promise, they asked for a report from these 12 spies. You know the story. And Caleb and Joshua were among those spies, and it shows that they had a position of confidence in the nation, right? And so when the report was given, only Caleb and Joshua defended the Lord and Moses. Only two of those 12 encouraged the people to move into their promise. Now, listen, the Bible says it this way. The other ten spies despised the land, but Joshua and Caleb delighted in the land. Just listen, those ten spies, when they came over, they saw all of these enormous things, and they began to feel that pressure. They wanted to go back, but these two men of faith, they looked at that, and they said, listen, there's something greater on the out. There's something greater... I've got a promise from God that will carry me. And there was a great contradiction, right? That majority were walking by sight, but the minority were walking by faith. 
And that's how it is today. Listen, they both saw the same things. They both felt the same pressure, the same fear. They both Look, they both stood in front of the same obstacles. Listen, I, I, I want to say to somebody, you're, you're sitting here this morning and pastor's been talking this year about a new auditorium that seats 1,000. And about 20% are like, wow, let's go, pastor. And 80% are like, man, I don't know. That seems like an awful big obstacle. I'm not sure if we can get over that obstacle. I, I'm, I'm going to try Oh, I'm not sure, Pastor. That seems awful big. I wish somebody could look at that door with faith. I'm challenging somebody that every time you walk in the building, you look at that door. Ah, ah. No, 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 no. I'm... Can... I walked in that door. And I looked at that door, and I know what he's been saying. And I walked in here on Friday night, and I said, in Jesus' name. I, come on, somebody. Oh, 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 where are we going to get the money? Where are we going to get the money? Listen, we didn't have the money for this one when we got it. Woo! But listen, that spirit of antichrist says oh we don't have that kind of listen you don't have that kind of money but if you'll let god give it to you he'll open that door and that door he'll listen, the fearful can only see the obstacle that new auditorium, right? But faith sees the same obstacle as an opportunity. The anointing sees the potential and the greatness of God. But fear focuses on the struggle. But faith always sees the power of God. Listen to me. Sit down just a moment. Joshua and Caleb did not die in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb suffered under immense pressure every day with an unbelieving nation. For almost 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. Think of what these godly men had to go through. These believing men, they endured every day. They saw people die and miss their promise. Every day, they attended funeral after funeral after funeral, and the pressure began to mount. And For 38 years, these great men of faith had to put up with the pressure of unbelieving Israelites. Joshua and Caleb loved Moses, and every day they had to listen to the Jewish people criticize their leader and oppose him. I'm trying to help somebody this morning understand what I'm saying. Every day, listen, they saw every rebellious leader rise up. They heard every critical remark that was made. They heard every complaint that was made. How are these men able to maintain their spiritual life surrounded by so much carnality and unbelief and pressure? I'm going to tell you why. Because their hearts were already in Canaan land. Oh. They went over to spy the land out and they walked in a wilderness for 38 years, but they never really came back. Brother James, someday you need to take a lap and you need to go out that door and run around that parking lot. You're running in the wrong arena. You're running in the wrong place. I, 
I know it's Sunday school, but you need to go run around that. Let me tell you how I know that this is not that. The day that we opened these doors and had our first service in here, this was too small. But that pressure of the spirit of Antichrist, oh no, pastor, not another giving campaign. How many of you have been through a giving campaign? Every single time we've done a giving campaign, God has given us everything that we need. The spirit of Antichrist says it can't be done. But darkness will never extinguish light because greater is that power of anointing that is in me than that pressure of darkness from the world. There's some good folks that are in this building today, and you're having a problem. You can't get over sin. Why? You got all this pressure. Why? You can't. John wrote it this way. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And there are some good folks here. Listen to me. There are some good folks here, and you've been struggling with the same thing for 10 years or 5 years or 15 years, and you need to come over. You, you, you're so busy in the wilderness, living under provision, that you're not moving over to promise. That's what an overcomer does. The word of God said he is faithful and he is justified. And the enemy, that spirit of darkness comes into your life and says, oh, he can't forgive you. He can't forgive you. He can't forgive you. And you shrink under the pressure of that lie. <laughs> but uh, you can tell all the lies you want to. You can get in all the darkness you want to. But the truth of the matter is uh, that darkness uh, will never overcome light. Uh, the word of God is true. And every man a liar. Every spirit of Antichrist is a liar. Those spies came back and they said, Oh, it's too much. It's too big. It's too... And, and Joshua and Caleb said, we're well able. Because they, under, they all felt the same. Listen. 
those obstacles that are in your life, those choices of the past, those, listen, read, you, you know this scripture, Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, the, the New Living Translation says, I know the plans that I have for you, they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope that was written to people who were living in captivity. They were in bondage to another nation, and God speaks prophetically to them and says, listen, you think, you think I'm doing all of this, but I've got plans for you. I've got, a, I've got something for you. I'm gonna get, I've got a future and a hope. Can I tell you, you were born into the kingdom of God to be an overcomer. God did not give you the Holy Ghost so you could be overcome by darkness and flesh and carnality. He... I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel the power of God in this room. Listen, we don't fear like the world fears. We don't doubt like the world doubts. We don't fight like the world fights. And some of you are still trying to fight that battle in your flesh. It's time for you to come over to a life of worship. It's time for you to come over to a life of victory. You've been anointed to come over. You've been anointed. I know, I know. I hear the voices. Peter, what are you doing walking on water? Peter said, I'm overcoming this fear. I'm stepping out right now. Listen, fear is just another obstacle. And we've just come through a pandemic. And some of you are still dealing with the fear. There were 11 other men in that boat who were everyone likely critical of Peter in that moment. Have you lost your mind, Peter? What is wrong with you? Listen, Peter said, no, I've been anointed to come over. If it be thou, Lord, if it's you, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. And Peter said, whoa! But that critical spirit Walks into the church. I said, Pastor, what are you doing? Thousand seat. We haven't got this one paid for yet. Why don't we just build the biggest thing we could build? And when the Lord takes the church out of here, somebody else can have it all. Why not? Some of you don't even believe that. Some of you are like, oh, Tiger made a putt. I said, why don't we build the biggest? How, how is debt an issue for the Lord? Uh, look, I, why? Because why? Because debt brings into your life as it does into the church pressure. Come on. Oh, how are we going to make this payment? Oh, how is the church going to survive? Really? How's the church going to survive? And the gates of hell shall not upon this rock, yeah. upon the truth, upon the word, I'm going to build, and the gates of hell. We go back and read another translation. It doesn't say prevail. He said the gates of hell shall not overcome it. Why? Because the church is an overcoming church. 
I know, I know. I've been anointed to come over. You've been anointed to come over. But every time we pick up something, we've got that spirit of worry that comes over us. Jeremiah said it this way. They're going to fight against you, Jeremiah 1 and 19. And they shall not prevail. They're not going to overcome you. For I'm with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I'm looking at little children that are being subjected to my God. Called my daughter and I said, Baby, whatever you do, please, for the love of God, get your babies out of that secular school system. My Lord, every day it's worse and worse and worse. That pressure is just pouring down on the church. But I want you to know that every time you walk into a sanctuary, Every time you come and open the word of God, every time you walk to an altar and lift your arms, every time you dance and shout and run an aisle, what you're doing is you're pushing out against that spirit of darkness because greater is he that is in me. me. I want you to understand, stand with me this morning. It's greater than the powerful anointing of the Holy Ghost. But every person that drives down this road out here and sees that beautiful new sign. They're overwhelmed by the darkness and the heaviness of this world that we live in. And they need exactly what we have in here. I'm trying to help some good people that I love and that I know don't be overcome by darkness, but over. Come on over. Come on over to truth. That fear that rules, that inhabits, that just... Presses. I, I look at these young people, I can't even imagine what they're dealing with in school on a, on a daily basis. The pressure to conform, the pressure to, to be like the world. I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Why? I'm going to find an altar and I'm going to pray and I'm going to plead the blood and I'm going to. Why? Because there's an anointing. Yes. Brother Huckabee said it destroys the yoke. So many people that are going to walk in this place, they're coming in and they're still criticizing. Peter, what are you doing out of that boat? Get. Can I tell you that they were facing the same storm? They were all in the same boat. They were. But one guy. That's just the side of the boat. I'm not going to be in the boat with this lie of darkness. I'm not going to be in the boat with the spirit of the Antichrist. I'm coming over into truth. I'm coming over into life. I'm coming over into biblical authority. I'm coming over. When are we going to come over into the gifts of the spirit? When are we going to come over into, listen, right now. It's time to get off the sidelines. It's time to quit floating on top. You, listen, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure, real pressure. It's, I'm not making it up. You know I'm telling you the truth. And the only way, you're not going to overcome the pressure on your own. You can't do it at home. You're, 
your seven steps to whatever will not do. But if you get in the word and you begin to pray under some anointing, there's a uh, greater is he that is in me. And when the darkness envelops the church, the church is going to shine brighter than it ever has. Robert, you're supposed to be teaching. I'm trying my best. The anointing makes such a difference. Why? Because it's the anointing that changed the narrative of a simple shepherd boy practicing with his slingshot alone in a field. It changed him to a hero that took down the giant. That anointing was a defining point between the overseer of a flock of his daddy's sheep to a king ruling a united nation. I'm trying to help somebody. Paul told Timothy, it's going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things that you've learned. Because that pressure is real. That pressure has been a dynamic. You've been anointed for deliverance. You've been anointed to come over the pain. You've been anointed to get over that hurt and wound of your past. But if, as long as you're stuck, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know. Listen, I know, I know, I know. But go back to the word of God. And such were some of you. But now you're, you're, you're washed. Now, now you're, now you're sanctified. That doesn't include what you did. That includes what they did. Powerful anointing of the Holy Ghost, but we got to come over. Come on. Every service we come in, there's an anointing. Every time you walk in, there's somebody who's being enveloped by the power of darkness. But your worship, your praise, your sacrifice, your giving, your t- all of that is greater is He that is in me than He and it's. Come on, I'm moving beyond my pain. I'm coming over my failure. I'm moving beyond my past. No lie is going to affect me anymore. Greater is he. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to stand to their feet and be the church this morning. Somebody ought to magnify God this morning. Hallelujah. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. I'm coming over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every lie, every lie of the enemy is the spirit of Antichrist. And it forces and presses its way upon your life and says, you just might as well quit now. You might as well give up. Uh, Now is not the time to quit. Now is not the time. Now is the time to be the church. Now is the time to let the anointing change something in your life. Uh, Reach over and lay your hand upon a neighbor this morning. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. 
To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.